A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hi, welcome back to Swiftish, episode 36, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that's all we talk about. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, we're one track mind. Related to Taylor? <laughs> and oh yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes, and what a dream, what a gift to be here, honestly. Everyone should feel so lucky to have an hour dedicated to the genius that is Taylor not only that, but our ramblings about Taylor. That it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> those are the same, right? I mean, it's like a the, fine wine and cheese yeah. pairs well, very, yes. very well together. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yes. We're very highbrow here at Swiftish. Mm-hmm. So happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Always. And people are happy that we're back too. I mm. think that, you know, we, we left for a long, long time. We disappeared and then we came yeah. back for like one or two episodes and then we left <laughs> last week people were really excited that we were back i'm like i'm excited too i know uh, yeah and this week we get to talk about uh the last great american dynasty <gasps> which is the <sighs> track three on folklore so we're really just like powering through these you know we <laughs> good are. for us and i love this song too i know it's gonna be a great song to get into um, I love the the drama behind it. I think someone really needs to start a podcast about Rebecca Harkness and <laughs> yeah. her life. You know, I yeah, don't know. she's got enough enough stories to fill an hour for sure. <laughs> but um, with the Taylor Swift news, um, I know. Did you see that she released a bunch of signed? albums did you happen to nab one or i mean i did so i saw yesterday where Congrats. i was like oh i know well i was saying i did see it but i oh. also did get a cd <laughs> um so yes double answer so yesterday <laughs> i saw i'm part of a, the swifterinos my favorite murder um subgroup mm-hmm. on facebook and someone posted like oh taylor overnighted some signed cds to local indie shops they're limited go get them now and I didn't have the energy to do that. I didn't have the time. I was working. There was no way. I didn't even know where to – I mean, I'm sure if I, I could have done some investigation, and this is where my swiftiness is kind of like mm-hmm. subsiding, I'm sure I could have done investigation, seen which indie shops in Houston or surrounding area had them, but I didn't. Um, I just – work i'm an adult i feel like i'm getting to this age where i can't just drop things in the middle of the day anymore which is sad um, i know so I, didn't... I feel like we're like losing stan status like we're still fans I but i don't know if we're stands anymore by the i mean we do have a terms. podcast <laughs> that's true that'll carry that's, us for a while that carries us because i'm losing my steam with just life okay not only just taylor swift but with life. So just yeah. bear with me. So I, you know, and I heard a lot of people, they're like, okay, she's, she released the signed CDs. She sent them out to indie shop midnight. She has to be releasing signed CDs midnight on her shop. I'm staying up. Oh. So a lot of Swifties. Yeah. Stayed up till midnight, hoping she'd, uh, you know, announce, oh, get them now, my signed CDs. And lo and behold, she didn't do it. Taylor Swift was sleeping, you know, kind of like, the rest of us adults need to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm working. Well, today's my day off, but I had a call. So thankfully I was on my computer and I saw a notification pop up from my favorite Taylor Swift group. And they're like, it was basically like, oh my gosh, 
um, signed CDs on on the website. They're selling a merch. Ooh. Go now, go now. So I went and I bought one and I tried to buy two. Like you know how I try to add two to my my um, little cart and it wouldn't let me. So I bought Ooh. one and then I went back again and I bought another one under a separate my separate Taylor Swift account. <laughs> and so I bought two. And do you know what that means? What? So I have been teasing and I have been lazy, but doing a <laughs> I've been so lazy, but I've been teasing, thinking of doing a Swiftish giveaway. Oh not, I know. And so I'm not too sure what else is gonna be in there, but when I I'm gonna give away one of the signed CDs, I'm gonna do it when we get up to five thousand. That's gonna that's kinda putting the fire under my butt is to do that. Mm, I think that'll mm-hmm. be excited. But <laughs> But there are a lot of international fans who are not happy that it's only open to U.S. fans. What are your the thoughts website. behind that? The yeah, the signed CD from the website. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was great that she sent these to indie stores and just let sort of these uh, local businesses have something to get people's bodies in the store, which I'm sure has been mm-hmm. hard one because. Spotify and Apple and all that, but also obviously because of Corona and just uh, the struggle there to motivate people (laughs) to show up in person. But um, I saw like I got one was trending on Twitter because of this, like everyone was finding them. And that was a fun little Easter egg hunt, I guess, for people with access to um, record stores. I am... I didn't. I didn't fight for one. I didn't really look for one. I don't know. I felt like I already bought a CD, and there's only so many. Like, do you think that it's her actual? uh, She actually signed them herself. Oh, you mean instead of like a like a stamp, like a stamp? Yeah. (laughs) Um. I mean, I think there's rules about when celebrities sign stuff, so I'm sure it was something she did. I don't, I mean, it was probably just easy, easy enough to sign those booklets and then people put them into the CD cases themselves and stuff. But I mean, I think they're real. Is that a conspiracy theory? No, I'm I'm just wondering because (laughs) if I had a sign, how many did she send to each record store? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like 50. If I had a sign that many, oh, I already have wrist problems from like doing (laughs) gymnastics and cheerleading when I was younger. And beginning of working remote my wrists were like aching to the point where you know when you get up from your from your bed and you kind of like put your weight on your wrist both of my wrists were like and so much pain I'm not sure if it's because my body was getting used to like working on my new computer getting old getting old but also how much time am I spending on my phone now? So much time because yeah. I'm at home and I'm so t- my wrists are just really acting up. So I'm, that's where I was like, Taylor, how do you do that? I don't know. So. <laughs> well, I noticed that the, I mean, obviously every signature is a little different and some people are very disappointed by their hearts. But mm-hmm. I noticed that some had like little smiley faces hidden in the album notes. So Aww. I think she does take her time with them. And, you know, she was bored in quarantine. So maybe it was easier to find the... Yeah. That's the true. energy to go through them but as far as like uh international availability yeah nothing but sympathy i mean it's kind of frustrating because at, at this point you're dealing with a multi-millionaire pop star known around the world who should know mm-hmm. how to like you know make affordable shipping and also give equal options to um international swifties so i'm not sure 
what the rules are there. I'm not sure if it just becomes complicated if you open it up to all the countries all over the world. I don't know. But it's like, I still haven't received my mail. So U.S. Mm-hmm. shipping isn't, <laughs> isn't and, reliable and, you know, right now anyways. And, and you, we all know the USPS drama where like mail is being delayed. So mm-hmm. who knows how that is affecting. Maybe they did ship something over to, you know, across the pond, but it's not there yet. But also I read somewhere online today where I, it was either yesterday or today, but you know, lo and behold, Taylor Swift does not have a hand in all of her merchandising. Like she does not make all these decisions. Like she's, she has a huge say, but UMG also handles lots of her merch, which maybe that's why like all these like new t-shirts are popping up. I did hear, and you'll have to correct me or someone will have to email us that UMG didn't even know she was dropping a record until the night before like we did. Is there (laughs) any weight behind that? Is that true? I mean, that's what, that's what I think Aaron Dessner or someone That's like crazy. said. I don't know like how extreme that is because it seems impossible. Well, I mean, I guess that that maybe since they weren't in Target right that night, then that could yeah. be probable. That's, I can see that. Okay, I I can I can give some weight behind that, but maybe they're cranking out all of this merch because they're like, oh my gosh, like we need, like right, they're I, inspired. I don't know if they're that inspired. Uh, <laughs> I the. I'm you sorry, don't like, but like the a, merch? It's just it's just a huge it's like a big t shirt with like mm, a lyric right, on right, it. And right, it's not right. even it's it's just like a tiny little lyric. I have to squint because I'm getting old to see like what it says. <laughs> the theme I, of it's the just, episode. We're just falling apart. <laughs> I know you guys. Our bodies are betraying us. <laughs> so so that's where that's where I'm at. I'm like, nothing uh, I, nothing has really tempted me on the website with the merch i did buy the water bottle because i love their water water bottles i can't even talk but no, none of the merch is really like drawing my attention like it did during the rep era last era mm. 1989 era um i did hope you know they have that they had that sand um i don't know what's called oh Do you right, know what i'm yeah. talking about they yeah, had a sand timer, timer but it looked mm-hmm. really tacky to me i kind of want it to be like vintage <laughs> i wanted it to be vintage but it was pink and i was like no this belongs in like the lover era can i get you should vintage. do like a merch review like you should just have an instagram where you just shade every single merch option okay. on the I'm gonna do that. swift store I'm gonna do that. it's like there's certain things that they could do that that are a little bit better you know yeah. like i love the idea of the sand timer but please make it more make it fit the theme of the era we want it vintage. We want it you to gotta be. You got to write those reviews, girl. Get in there. Mentions. Maybe that's maybe that's how I'll get noticed by Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> do I have that the energy be to do it? better. Yeah. But I might have to buy the stuff so I can review it, which Lance would <laughs> would uh, divorce me if no, I No, you should do a you should do an Instagram where you just judge it based solely off of the <laughs> website photos. <laughs> hey, I love it. Maybe next yeah. uh maybe you guys um email me what you think my my new handle should be. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I was busy critiquing Taylor Swift's, well, not Taylor Swift's, UMG's bad picks for <laughs> okay, styles. Yeah. Uh, Taylor was pretty busy this week, too. She donated 23,000 euros, equivalent to 27,000 US dollars to help a London student fund her degree. Like, how I know. amazing is that? Nice. 
Yeah, it was this girl who uh, was an immigrant in the UK who got accepted to college but realized she didn't qualify for any of the loans or grants because she's not because of her migrant status. And so she started a years. Yeah. 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 And she started a GoFundMe and was just trying to get the money to go to school. And she described herself as a black woman with a dream. I don't even know if she mentioned Taylor. I don't know if she's a Swifty, but Taylor Swift like hopped on and and was like, hey, I came across your story. I'm so inspired by your drive and dedication. Like, I want to give you the rest of your goal amount. And she just finished out the GoFundMe for her. Bless her. Bless yeah. her heart. I love that. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see what what she does, what, what the student does with her, with her career. I know, I think she wanted to be a mathematician or go de- that route. Uh, mm-hmm. So bless her also for wanting to work with numbers because <laughs> I couldn't even say 27,000 correct. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. She's doing a lot of good things with her time. Um, I don't know. I think that I wonder how she found her site because I think it's just amazing. Maybe a friend posted it for her. Just the energy and intentions behind her doing this is just Mm -hmm. really pure. Yeah. And honestly, you know, when you've got money to burn, why not just go around and be like a fairy Um, godmother to people? (laughs) But anyways, um, Taylor also appeared on Selena Gomez's show in a brief cameo. Uh, Selena has like a cooking show on selena HBO and Max. chef yeah. yeah and i'm i just watched the clip because i i went on to see if i could like subscribe to hbo max it's like 15 dollars a month I'm like no. yeah <laughs> so but i love selena's uh, kitchen oh my gosh her kitchen is beautiful that's what i aspire to be one day as rich as selena with that kitchen <laughs> do you think mm. it's her real kitchen um i don't know but i still want that kitchen <laughs> Because I, I think it's all like quarantining. So I think maybe that is her kitchen. I don't yeah, know. I guess that's true. Maybe. Because th- that's nice. like the whole vibe behind it. Because they're doing it remotely. And the other chef is like in his kitchen. She's in her kitchen. Her grandparents were there. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And my that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But she was cooking and she FaceTimed Taylor and was like, look at these tacos I made. And Taylor was like, OMG, you have to cook for me. Nice, nice, nice. My and, dreams are coming um, true. You're cooking. Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. can we also talk about how the chef's daughter was like freaking out, like air quote, meeting Taylor remotely. Yeah. And the whole thing, when I was watching the clip, I was like, that's me. I would just be like, <laughs> oh, Taylor. Like, I wouldn't be able to talk. I would be like just smitten with her. And I just so totally felt her her emotions <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that fan that stan glow we yeah. get just yeah. the mere idea the, the sheer presence the swifty yeah. stutter that's <laughs> yeah. what it is i would make uh, uh, like how i when i met mama swift i was like stuttering it's like that, you, you made her <laughs> yeah. icons only so another <laughs> thing that taylor did this week i think it was yesterday she posted on her instagram account and, you know, all of us this week, you know, Taylor realized – I don't know if we talked about this last time. We might have. Taylor realized, you know, USPS is – you know, everything's going to hell in a handbag and we're not getting what we wanted. So she, she released a digital form of the lakes, which mm. I love. I listened to it. I can't That's wait to get into right. it. Yeah. But yeah, one thing you she hadn't did, heard it. What did you I think, I heard it. I heard it today. 
I didn't hear it yesterday. I heard it today when I was preparing for this podcast because she posted on her Instagram story. She said, in my head, the songs of folklore fits together in different groups and chapters based on how they fit together thematically. I want to share the first one today. Here's folklore, the escapism chapter. Here are the mm-hmm. songs in this chapter. And you have The Lakes, Seven, Epiphany, Cardigan, Mirrorball, and Exile. So I downloaded the playlist and I was like, okay – and I was waiting. I like – I get anxiety. I have like anxiety issues. And I like I like pushed off listening to the lakes so long that, you know, because people were like, you know, online. People were like clipping it. And I just – I don't know why, but I get scared to, to, to do things. And so finally mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to listen to it. And I cringe when I press play. Not because I don't want to <laughs> listen to it. Just because it's like – I'm getting all this anxiety. And I loved yeah. it. It was oh, real. I, I liked it. It like it fit with the theme, and it was beautiful. You know, talking about how she wants to. You know, she's not meant for the world she's living in right now. She wants to run away to the lakes with her lover. Like it was. I thought it was great, and I thought it really fit the chapter, the escapism chapter that she like pulled. So, together. what do you think these chapters mean? Like, what do you think <sighs> she's doing, rolling out these weird little? Maybe chapters. the themes, like pulling out the themes of the the whole album. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the themes of maybe like what we're feeling right now during this pandemic everyone's experiencing. Because like escapism, that's like, you know, we kind of just want to, you know, escape from what's going on right now. Um, you know, we want to live in a different time. We want to get away <laughs> from it all. Um, so, I, I mean, that's the only thing I could really think of. Unless she's just going to write a book. (laughs) Finally going to do it. So what do you think her next theme is going to be? What else do you think she can pull through folklore? This is what I was actually – I wanted to ask you what song – since we're doing The Last Great American Dynasty, I was thinking what other songs could be paired with The Last Great American Dynasty. And the ones I thought of would be Mad Woman, August, Illicit Affairs, and The Last Great American Dynasty – I don't know oh, if it, I don't know if any other songs would go with Matt with the Last Great American Dynasty. What about you? Well, I want to know why you think those go together. <laughs> I want to hear your whole theory, Ashley. I'm not. I don't know, you guys. I didn't really think that. I just kind of <laughs> thought of like the Last Great American Dynasty, Mad Woman. It's about these like these women, real just kind of feel you know feeling their feelings and doing what. They want to do on their own time, you know, um, without anyone really telling them or directing them what to do. It's kind of just what it, it kind of encapsulates Rebecca Harkness. I don't know. It just mm. kind of gives you that the feeling of just being free. Like people are going to – yeah, you're going to have an affair. People are going to judge you. You're going to love who you want. People are going to judge you, but you're going to do it by your own uh, – according to your own guidance. I don't know. I, I can't really – vocalize it but that's just the feeling I got out of it okay okay yeah I honestly I I saw she posted that and I like clicked the link thinking it would be I don't know either behind the scenes of like her process or something or more details but it was just like this a playlist specialized playlist and I was like okay I mean I guess I can see if I sit down, I'm like, yeah, I guess all these songs are about escapism, but mm-hmm. escapism also implies sort of a a positivity, I guess, or like, a, oh, I got to get out of here, you know? And so mm-hmm. 
like epiphany i was like well this is a depressing song like yeah do i no. want to escape into this song <laughs> no but the people in the song want to yes. escape from the song yeah um so then i was like well what's next because that's a large amount of songs how many was on that playlist seven One, two six? three four five six six songs okay so i guess she has three potential chapters because there's 18 tracks total i was thinking three chapters so i I could kind of see the one invisible string and piece together i like can't really think of all of the other songs right now but those are the three i can like you know could piece together betty would be probably on that one too but i'm excited to see just like how she pairs them up because it gives us maybe a little bit more of insight to her writing and her intention behind all of the songs Well, that's what I'm curious about, too, is like the strategy here. It's like, Mm -hmm. is she gaining something from this rollout? Like, I like, does it play into like music charts Mm -hmm. or because then you're going to be listening to more listens, more listens. Maybe that just keeps her on the billboard charts, too, because she what three weeks with being number one on the billboard or at least being in the top 100 on the billboard charts. Um, or maybe she just heard lap. people complaining about how long her albums were and she was like, fine, here's a mm, <laughs> palatable 30-minute yeah. chapter you can listen to, you lazy cows. And I like how she put lazy cows. I like how she puts them in chapters too, because she kind of kicked off like the lover era with um, you know, we're it's a new chapter in the book. So I kinda like how she's keeping to that thematic thematic theme mm. of like books and mm-hmm. writing, and especially since this is a purely like she's stressing her artistic muscles and right. that she's writing so I kind of like that how she's keeping with that yeah so I mean mm-hmm. I I guess yeah we'll have to wait and see what the last great American dynasty chapter fits into oh, um no. maybe it will be some sort of jilted woman <laughs> section she's know. like this is for all you <laughs> feminists I don't think it'd be jilted there. women she's she, she probably has a more mature look at it I'm just more like ooh, mad woman no no I mean that, these there's women definitely are, parallels are, yeah are loud and shameless and oh yeah you know. for sure I'm just yeah I'm curious to see what it'll probably be like the candlelight section <laughs> the I candlelight know. chapter and we'll be like okay I guess you can listen to this by candlelight we'll see um <laughs> but I will say I think the last great American dynasty is a crowd pleaser it's a oh, fan it favorite and it's like a it's one that was picked up by the general public um I think like right after this album released, it was a song that was memed on Twitter where people were Mm -hmm. tweeting out like their, you know, like, oh, here, there goes the last great American dynasty. And it was like a picture of Twilight or Schitt's Creek or whatever. Schitt's Creek was my favorite. I was like, they said the last great Canadian dynasty. I'm like, yes, (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So people like. It knew about it, even though mm. obviously it's not a single yet. It's been yes. talked about in almost every major review where people are really into it. Obviously, on our episode on P.S. You're Wrong, this ended up being Matt's favorite song. And he, no. you know, isn't a Swifty, so he mm-hmm. says. So, and, and this was one of my favorite when we first did our, our first one. This is like yeah. one of the top ones. I loved it. It's just such a great a great bop, a great story behind it. And, oh, there is such a – I love all the depth underneath it. And, you mm-hmm. know, they even – someone even wrote a book, Blue Blood, about Rebecca Harkness. Yeah, so this was a cool song because it is sort of based on this true story of the uh, – of Rebecca Harkness, Harkness who um, 
married this guy who was the heir of Standard Oil Fortune. And so Taylor really does just kind of lay out the facts of the case and, and gives this true story in a sort of folklore way. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out in the end that it's the it's the same house. It's her Rhode Island house. So that was fun for a lot of Swifties to puzzle out. Um, it kind of was a good example of I think what Taylor was trying to accomplish on folklore with this idea of stories we tell and how we tell them and what gets passed down and um, I saw like so many people love this I mean the Atlantic Mm -hmm. thought it was like it's economical and vivid wielding brief anecdotes to big feminist themes Mm -hmm. Um, Pitchfork who doesn't always like Taylor um, called it textural and tastefully majestic and um, so I think it's like it's definitely a crowd pleaser, and I think do it you makes agree sense. with do you agree with NME? They said it's a contender for the best Taylor Swift song ever written. What do you Ooh, think about that? Uh, fancy! I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when this song happened, like when I was listening to it, I was texting my sister live. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so fun! This is like I want to roll down the windows and like enjoy a road trip style music." But I have been sort of, yeah, I have been sort of surprised by people because I have heard that like, oh my gosh, this is Taylor's best. And I'm like, do I agree with that? I don't know. I can see the point though when I really sit down and unpack the lyrics because she does, she does do something really interesting here with just telling this story really straightforwardly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe. But what about you? I think it's such a great song. The the problem is that she has such a big catalog of yeah. music that it's really hard to be like unlike I know you holy holy ground is like the best song ever for you but I have well, it's my favorite but I wouldn't yeah. say it's her best you know what okay. I mean like there's yeah, yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> best I don't you. know what the difference is but there's a difference <laughs> yeah it's just hard I think I would really have to I think it's that's a lot a lot of weight behind it her best right. song ever written I'm like oh I need like a whole gear to think about that because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's also different because she she's written such great masterpieces mm-hmm. but I think like you would have to do it like thematically, like best song, best country song written, best, I don't know. Just, really get down, break down those chapters yeah. as Taylor would. Give me some more themes to work with so I can get yeah. some, her, some, of, some of her great songs, you know, right. that light. <laughs> yeah, but Taylor seemed proud of this one. It's one of the few that's like described in the album notes specifically when she says, she wrote about a misfit widow getting gleeful revenge on the town that cast her out. And so I can see her holding a dear a place in her heart. And you can kind of see how she treasures this story just because it mirrors her own in such an interesting mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a fun one to break down, even though a lot of it does revolve around this sort of true story of this, you know, <laughs> woman yeah. none of us knew until two weeks ago or whatever. I know. And who knew she had such like a exhilarating life and dramatic yeah. and even outside of the, the song and what we're going to talk about today, there's so much more to her life mm-hmm. than just what Taylor Swift was writing about, which I think really yeah. pairs really well with Taylor Swift's life too, because you see a lot of the the headlines about Taylor, but there's so much more to her than people who aren't really like invested in her know about. Right. Like people just kind of like whatever would make headlines. People like, oh, Taylor dates so many people. Like, oh, right. Rebecca, she like stole the the cat and dyed him green. Like, you know, it's 
there's so much more to her than just the headlines. Anyways, mm-hmm. my little Yeah, intro. so should we get into it? <laughs> yeah, I think you're reading this week. Yes, I know. And I like copied yeah. these lyrics down and it's like a full story. These are like complete I sentences. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and start. <clears throat> Rebecca rode up on the afternoon train. It was sunny. Her salt box house on the coast took her mind off St. Louis. Bill was the heir to the Standard Oil name and money, and the town said, how did a middle-class divorcee do it? Um, The wedding was charming, if a little gauche. There's only so far new money goes. They picked out a home and called it Holiday House. Their parties were tasteful, if a little loud. The doctor had told him to settle down. It must have been her fault his heart gave out. Mm. And it's like that's like a wild story to pack into a single verse, you know. I know there's so much behind it. It's like, wait, I need to like <laughs> yeah. look more into this. Like, who's Rebecca? Who's <laughs> Bill? You know what, yeah. what happened? Like, I know where you have come characters, from? you have attention, yeah. you have action, you have plot twists, and it's all like setting. Like, yeah, yeah. It just feels like this great Americana sort of novel where you're just swept into the scene of this of this woman who marries and moves to the coast and and bothers everyone around her and eventually maybe kills her husband. I don't know. With her um, outrageous lifestyle. Or maybe she just killed him because and, you know, hit like did the symptoms like it was a heart attack because she <laughs> has gone, ladies and gentlemen, she has had four marriages and three of them ended in divorce and i think Mm. the two her this one and the first one i think were like seven years and other ones were less than like five so it's very interesting and i'm sure people were you know it's very funny because people just like threw the blame on her like oh it's her fault right she was wild she came from a lower status she was new money so of course she was the reason why his heart came out she mm-hmm. wasn't taking care of him like a good girl should she was you know having wild parties and having him drink and you know not yeah caring for his health because he was like and also he was 15 years older than she was too so he was also older it wasn't like they were the same age and like in the same uh points of their their health so it just was mm-hmm. you know like it wasn't her fault. And it was such, it, it tells you a lot about the timing of them because she, like, she, looking at who, who Rebecca Harkness was, you know, it, it's very interesting to look into her background. You know, she was a mischievous child and she grew up in a well off family. She, um, the family was emotionally rigid and she had, you know, she was dancing, doing ice skating. She was raised by a nanny who I was reading an article. They chose her because of her experience at an insane asylum. So it tells you a little <laughs> bit about her upbringing. And then she was sent to a finishing school. Uh, you know, her relationship with her family wasn't as great. But at the finishing school, she, she, she wrote that she set out to do everything bad. Like she just wanted to – she was just a wild – Mm-hmm. A wild girl who was ahead of her time and ahead of, you know, where women should be at that time. And so she comes right. in her new money doing things that this conservative Rhode Island city probably just isn't used to. And so, of course, they're like everything. They're just like – and it was just interesting too. I'm just like going on a tangent. When they're talking about her, you can kind of hear when Taylor is saying, it's a little gauche. Um 
there's only so far as money can go. You know, the parties were, were tasteful, but a, lot, a little bit loud. It was her fault the heart gave out. So it was really interesting because you can kind of hear the opinions of the the old money, I guess, mm-hmm. people, her neighbors kind of like just judging her. And it, it yeah. kind of gives me like this bad feeling. I'm like, mm, just <laughs> let her be her, you know? No, yeah. I know. It's a, it's a clever indictment of kind of how society treats women and – and that becomes a theme of this song because it parallels how Taylor's been treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see this, yeah, you're kind of put into the perspective of this, of the judgmental part of society as Taylor sings this, because it's from their perspective at first, they're taught, they're the ones gossiping about how did she get here? She must've caused this like, Oh, I don't like them that much, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, scene to set. And then she goes on and says, um, <clears throat> gets to the chorus and they said there goes the last great American dynasty who knows if she never showed up what could have been there goes the maddest woman this town has ever seen she had a marvelous time ruining everything and I think that sort of speaks to that theme right where it is mm-hmm. from the perspective of these people who got the story wrong like they're like ugh look at there goes the last great American dynasty think of what could have been whereas Taylor's painting a picture of a very vivacious vibrant life lived by a woman who is misunderstood and sort of miscast by her peers just because she didn't fit into the standard mold and it's like well she's the one with a story worth telling now you know (laughs) yeah yeah because it's interesting when I so I was looking into like their background today. I wanted a little to know a little bit more about Be- Rebecca because, you know, of course they say the diver- divorce day. I'm like, oh, well, I want to hear a little bit more about her marriage beforehand, what happened. You know, I couldn't really find anything out except for she just said the reason why she married the guy before because she had nothing better to do. <laughs> and then I wanted to know why Bill got divorced from his first wife. I was kind of looking in to see if, oh, like, did they cheat on each other? Because she got married like a year after she got divorced. So I wanted to know if there was any more like you know, uh, gossip. any more dirt yeah. or gossip. And so I Googled him and he doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. And here is Rebecca who has her own Wikipedia page, has a mm-hmm. book about her, has so many different articles, even before Taylor Swift wrote a song about her that yeah. was out about her. And she was so much more than these tabloid articles that were written about her that Taylor brings to light in this song. You know, she was a philanthropist. Yeah. Is that it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I was like, I hope I'm not saying the one that's like <laughs> goes and cheats on everyone. You know, she had her right. own ballet company. She did so much more and she donated and she had this wild, big heart that, you know, she, and she just herself living her truest life. And, she, and it was just interesting that all of the bad, the mad stuff people would say. She's crazy. Right. She's mad. She's loud. Yeah. And that's why I love this sort of theme. She had a marvelous time ruining everything because mm-hmm. – it kind of is tongue in cheek. It's like you guys thought she was this villain, but she was just having a good time. And like everything, I mean, she didn't ruin anything except or their what? perception of <laughs> what was good and true and right. But mm-hmm. she was the one having a good time and they were the ones pissed off about it. And so it's like, I think it's a theme we've seen in Taylor's songs. I mean, you need to calm down is one that comes to mind right away where Taylor's always like, why do people care so much about what the other person is doing? Like you're wasting your energy on Mm -hmm. someone who's just having a good time when you could be having your own version of a good time, you know? Yeah. And like kind of like blank space too, where it talks about how she was yeah. just Taylor, you know, everyone talked about Taylor's love life and how she was just taking names and mm-hmm. like just writing anyone's name in just to write, to write like a song about, 
But like Taylor was having fun dating all these people. Like why was her young self dating people? Mm-hmm. Anyone's like why were people getting their panties in a bunch over that? It's just, <laughs> yeah. just so many things. There, there's even a lyric later on about throwing panties in throwing the her, pool. Yeah, throwing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throwing her money on boys and, and everything right. like that. Yeah, no. And I think this theme of there goes the maddest woman this town has ever seen is interesting because Taylor obviously has a song that's much darker and much more emotional on this album called mad woman Mm -hmm. and so there is sort of this parallel there where it is like we as women are constantly being cornered no matter what we do what perspective we have as sort of too emotional we're we're mad you know we're just Mm -hmm. we're too moved by things but here she's kind of looking at it in a lighter way like she had a marvelous time like let's just allow her to be herself and to have fun with it exactly And so then the second verse picks up the story and it says, Rebecca gave up on the Rhode Island set forever, flew in all the bitch pack friends from the city, filled the pool of champagne and swam with the big names and blew through the money on the boys in the ballet and losing on card on card game bets with Dolly. And, um, I mean, this is so fun because it sounds all outrageous. It sounds sort of like, hysterical and and fictionalized but these are all like (laughs) true stories from Rebecca's life which is wild yeah I mean one thing that I I love was her bitch pack because Mm -hmm. also like so many parallels I read so many articles Mm -hmm. that are like oh and Taylor Swift had a squad but what (laughs) I like about the bitch pack is first I get Taylor saying bitch and also like (laughs) Back in like the 30s, there are these group of young women at a finishing school who are like best friends and they call themselves the bitch pack. That must have been just like a a shock back then. Like they're so young. It's like, oh, these like, oh, these, right, like, right, these like offsetting women. But what yeah. they did was, if you look at some of their, their, the stuff they did when they were younger, it was hilarious. Um, they put mineral oil in the punch at her sister's debutante ball. They performed strip teases on banquet tables. Like they were just having the time of their life. They didn't <laughs> care. Like yeah. that squad name is goals, especially for the thirties, yeah. you know, people calling the bitch back. But it's just so funny to think about this. I, I want to be her friend. I want to be involved in all her little schemes that they're doing. Like it just, yeah. Like she's I mean, yeah, it's the, yeah, it's like she did, she was, she was once described as scrubbing her pool with Dom Perrier, like just she cleaned it. Yeah. <laughs> using champagne. What? And, um, she did try to start her own ballet company. She did build like a ballet studio on her Hill that was eventually torn down by the city because her Rhode Island peers didn't like it. And, um, I mean, it's just like, it's a wild life. And it is funny too, that Taylor can pull these stories and immediately have parallels to her own where it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, you have the squad goals era. You also have like in, this is why we can't have nice things. Taylor's saying about the swimming in a champagne sea. And so just to imagine like Taylor reading about this story or learning about this heiress and being like, oh my gosh, like This is hashtag relatable to my life as a woman who bought this house in 2013 and no one would let me live my life in it, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just interesting to see these sort of parallels play out and just how little has changed for how we perceive women and also. And I think she had a lot of 
I think she had a lot of criticism too with like the people she dated after Bill. You know, they're all they were doctors, of course. So they're I don't I don't I guess they were like their standing in the community was great but the last one last husband she had so she had four husbands the last one was 20 years younger than her so i'm sure people are like oh she's like he's there for the money she's spending so much money on him so he's all like that's the only reason he wants her I, i'm just imagining imagining the the town talking and judging her and it's it's just mm-hmm. it's and you know then you also think that like the Kennedy boy she dated who was like three years younger than her and how that was yeah. like splashing news. <laughs> but the most interesting thing about this, like it is that so Dolly, there's an I read an article that said there's no actual proof that she lost a card game with him or anything like that. But what's interesting is that so he is a surrealist painter and a printmaker and he made um I don't know, like he made like statues and mm-hmm. everything like that. But she bought a $250,000 um, urn from him. I don't know if it's called an urn, but it was a piece. It was like mm-hmm. this gold statue. And it had like it had like, gold in it, diamond, sapphire for $250,000. And when she died, it turned into her urn. But not all of her ashes would fit into the urn. But what was so interesting about the end of it is she – she had it so that the chalice would make would, would turn mechanically, and the reason why she wanted it to turn mechanically when her ashes were in there is because she would be forever in a pirouette, which I really <laughs> tied into. You know, she created the Harkness Foundation for Dance; it still exists. You know, you, like you said, she founded her own company, so it was just really interesting how she like she's like I'm still gonna be spinning circles around you even when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. It's just ugh, I I love. There's so much I could talk. Like, I I. I don't – I I could talk about her forever and I wish I could <laughs> go into more detail about other stuff because I like – this is just a few articles that I picked up and I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this woman is who I want to be when I, I – a mixture of her and Taylor when I come back in my next life. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what's interesting is like <clears throat> Taylor Swift wrote this song randomly and suddenly every major news site, every major – publication is writing about Rebecca Hartness again and um, obviously she was relevant in her time and a big splashy celebrity style person but now she has a new life again and it's like we're all like oh where's the movie for Rebecca where's the story I want to borrow this book from the library and read more Mm -hmm. about her and it's so interesting because the theme of this song is just Oh, like she had a marvelous time ruining everything. There goes the loudest woman this town has ever seen. And it's all about how she was miscast in her current life. And yet now she's seen as the most desirable, coolest, like awesome person to like see and emulate. And it's just Mm -hmm. that cycle we put women through where we're constantly like, oh, they're wrong. They're canceled. They're gross. And then the next, you know, decade later, it's like, oh, wow, how cool, how awesome, how enviable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like who knows? Maybe if you and I were brought up at that time, maybe we would stick our nose up at her. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. But like, it just it does definitely makes you think that. Like, how would I have like thought of her back? Oh yeah. That? How would I do that? I don't know. I think I'd yeah. So she sings in the chorus again, and they said, "There goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed up, what could have been." There goes the most shameless woman this town has ever seen. She had a marvelous time ruining everything. And again, I think that just ties in perfectly to this idea that not only is she mad and crazy and like, oh, what is she thinking? But now she's shameless and it's mm-hmm. she's provocative and she's 
she's just messing everyone's like proper lives up and it's like can't she just control herself and it's just like Taylor has this clever way of in a very simple sort of throwaway line reminding us how the language we use to talk about women is so gendered and biased and problematic and it just it doesn't matter what they're doing there's always something wrong with them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so then you get to the bridge which is really packed with some details um she says, they say she was seen on occasion pacing the rocks, staring out at the midnight sea. And in, her, and in a feud with her neighbor, she stole his dog and dyed it a key lime green. Fifty years is a long time. Holiday's house sat quietly on that beach, free of women with madness, their men and bad habits. And then it was bought by me. Mm. Which is just such a brilliant plot twist. I just I loved know. it so much. <laughs> well, I always have a hard time really understanding what a bridge is. You know, I I know that we went into it a while ago when we like ranked all the bridges, but st- I'm still always like, I don't, I don't, like, yeah, I, I, it seems like more of a verse to me. And then thinking about this bridge, because I know, I know, like it takes you, it like it cha- it takes you uh-huh. to the it's ending. It takes you to yeah, yeah, it's a transition into it. And I can definitely see it in this one. It, it just kind of slaps you in the face. How could you not see it? Because <laughs> at the very end, she's like. It, it, it transitions into, hey, I ha- this is my house. The song <laughs> yeah. is paralleling my life to the woman who owned it. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I really <laughs> – it connects everything. Taylor, yeah. the end of the song, the reason why Rebecca is so important and why she's mm-hmm. writing a song because I'm sure people are like, why are you listening about Rebecca? <laughs> yeah. If you didn't get when I she – know. Yeah. Yeah, when I first oh, yeah. listened to it, I was like, okay, this is a weird fiction story, but cool. And then it's like, what? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I will say that when I heard Rhode Island, I was like, right. I was like that, that was my first impression too. But Lance is like, Lance has been doing, um, he's been learning card tricks. And when he's showing it to me, because he has so much time now, I'm always looking for like how he did it. And so right. I think I've, I like always look at things a little bit differently. I'm like, I don't I don't enjoy stuff I just try and like dissect stuff. <laughs> puzzle That's it my out problem. yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah but no I mean it's a great I mean first of all lots of fun images here with the mm-hmm. dog dyed key lime green even though Which, it was actually a cat yes it was a kitty cat but well, Taylor, that's a rumor. you know, is a mm-hmm. cat person, and so she censored it, I think, and <laughs> she should <laughs> die Olivia. She should be Rebecca for Halloween and die Olivia Green. <laughs> yeah, there but I mean, and then you have it's just like such a great transition where you have this like energy where you're like it's building and each line is sort of laid on top of the next and then it's like the house was quiet, free of these women with their boys and their loud parties, and then. I bought it. And it was just like, uh-huh. oh, like that just pulls all the themes of this sort of like subtly feminist rant together because it's like that is Taylor, right? This description of, oh, this like highly emotional sort of crazy girl who's too boy crazy and she has all these men in her life and she does all these, she's has all these bad habits of playing the victim and, um, and, you know, not letting things go and writing petty songs and she's just mm-hmm. so immature. And then she's like, so you thought we were singing about this girl, but it turns out like Mm-mm. you also are painting me in the same way. And like, this is my house now and let's let's get into it, people. 
And like, and so like, when you go into the chorus after you read it, you know, but, but we can go into read it, but it says like, there goes the loudest woman this town has ever seen. And it's so interesting too, because when you think of, when you read articles that, you know, of that town of when Taylor bought the house, people are like, oh, it's going to bring so much noise. All of her fans are going to come and, and try and see her. Like it's going to disrupt our whole living. She's putting don't trespass on um, signs on our nice beaches. And then they try to tax. Uh, they try to do like an over a million dollar second house tax for all the houses. It didn't pass, but it was called the Taylor Swift tax. Like it was just, you know, it was such an uproar when she bought the house. And mm-hmm. it's just, there's a lot of noise when she bought it, not only from her, but from, all of the neighbors that were being loud about it too. And it's, it's just, you kind of sit back and you, the parallel is it's, it's so interesting that these two women live in the same house. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's how great it is because it really does wrap up pretty quickly after this reveal where she sings sort of this outro final chorus. Who knows if I never showed up, what could have been? There goes the loudest woman this town has ever seen. I had a marvelous time ruining everything. I had a marvelous time ruining everything, a marvelous time ruining everything. Oh. And it's just like, when you think about this song, like I honestly do see a lot about Taylor in it, but in actuality, it's really 90% about Rebecca Harkness yeah. and her life mm-hmm. and her experience. But there's just so many interesting parallels that you're just like, wow, like that must have been such an aha moment for Taylor when she connected those dots yeah. and was like, oh my gosh, like, please, girl, I feel you on every level here. I saw this really great photo on Instagram and the person who edited it, I don't know if it was on, I don't know if someone on Tumblr shared it, but it was on Instagram that I saw it. And it was, it was a a picture they had kind of combined a photo of Rebecca Harkness with her ballet company. And it was in black and white. And then it transitioned into Taylor jumping up in the air with right in front of the house, the same location, jumping up in the air with her friends on a 4th of July party. And it was just the First of all, the person who edited it did such <laughs> a great job. And second of all, like that was just a that's a perfect picture to describe the whole song too. And it was mm-hmm. just it was I want to find that that picture and share it. But I just don't know who to give credit for. You know how people like throw you <laughs> under the bus. Can you tag Shelby? She created it. But it's such a great photo and I w- I'll, I'll try and find it. But <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, that's what's so interesting about the song is that sort of parallelism but it's also like I think listening to the song it's so happy and sort of Mm -hmm. upbeat and you can kind of picture twirling and and dancing to it um and it's so unapologetic and that itself shows so much growth for Taylor like you know she could have been saltier about it she could have written something more scathing and sort of how dare you to these people who kind of deserved it for judging her it could have gone into one of those like revenge songs she's written earlier in her career. But instead you kind of see like how she's taking control of the narrative and is just like finally realizing like, Oh wait, you guys, you guys don't matter. Like what matters is the person whose story it is, who's having fun. Like I don't want to waste any energy on like attacking you or like taking you down a notch because I'm just like mesmerized by who this woman was and like how she lived so unapologetically. And, and that's maybe, like Taylor's journey through her like Miss Americana yeah. thing is learning to not care what other people think of her. Yeah, it's like her role model. She's kind of like, I'm not going to try to be, you know, the, 
the your American queen anymore. I'm going to be me and I'm going mm-hmm. to have a marvelous time doing whatever I want, whether you have a problem with it or not. Yeah. And I like it too, because I think I've said this before, but this song reminded me a lot of the lucky one, which mm-hmm. is rumored to be about Joni Mitchell. And so it is sort of this similar tale where it tells the story of someone, someone Taylor sort of sees herself in where in the lucky one, it's a woman, a musician who comes to town and realizes she's hugely popular and beloved. And yet she feels so unknown and not like herself and eventually ends up leaving. And in that song, Taylor even sings about like, wow, I understand why you made that choice. And it's very like contemplative and sort of like wishful and like, will I ever get out of this spotlight? But here it's like Taylor's Swift podcast. But the one thing I'm it's stuck in my head when we were talking about this, and it's kind of thematically kind of fits with the lucky one is Britney Spears. She's so lucky. <laughs> She's a star, but she cry, cry, cries. Like that's the one song I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Weird tangent of me singing, but I don't know. No, yeah, that. that's a great song too. But I was just gonna say, um, I think it's interesting that you can sort of see these moments in Taylor Swift's career mm-hmm. where she's had to contemplate this sort of relationship she has with the public <gasps> and how she's been perceived and how she's felt about how she's been perceived and where in something like the lucky one it is sort of like sad and wistful this is much more like oh I'm not gonna feel guilty or bad for taking my stance or doing my thing and she's constantly been told she's not good enough she's not talented enough you're too petty you're too much of a victim you're doing this wrong you should just sit down and be quiet don't get mad at scooter braun for buying your Mm. things you sold them like blah 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 everyone's telling her how to feel how to act how to be and here it's just like such a freeing song to hear her sing like I had a marvelous time ruining everything like mm-hmm. looking back and not being like you guys really ruined my life for a lot of years you made me feel bad about myself and yes those things are still true but in this song she can be like oh it was just I had so much fun like sticking it to you without even intending to like I got under your skin so bad but I had so much fun like coming mm-hmm. out of it you know yeah what a drag it's just like such a nice (laughs) it's just such a pointed jab at people who are like you wasted all your energy being toxic and angry and embittered towards me but I had fun so like what's your excuse you know and you were mad getting wrinkles and frown yeah sucks (laughs) to be you (laughs) yeah it's like you guys can make fun of Tamerica but I know you all wish you had an invite you know it's just it's just like all that sort of shade is just mis pointed jealousy and judgment and it's the same in Rebecca's life where everyone's like oh think of what could have been and it's like well what could have been stuffy and like cliche and he probably still would have died yeah 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 but anyways um that is the last great American dynasty and um (gasps) there you have it the story of Rebecca Harkness and also Taylor Swift as it turns out Mm -hmm. I I'm absolutely in love with that. I'm excited that we were able to cover it so quickly because I feel like it just has a lot of heat behind it right now. And Mm. usually we would be like, her single, her single, her single. And who knows if it would have been her single. So thank you, Taylor. We got to cover it. Now, so I kind of think so. You know, we we were kind of talking last week how we would do like a theory time um, if we don't have any tea time. And it's been pretty quiet. No one's been – 
trying to out anyone. Taylor hasn't sued anyone. No one's sued Taylor. There hasn't been any like tea to spill, I guess, unless we've missed it. But I think one theory that has come up, and I think it definitely ties hand in hand with this song, is Rebecca's nickname. So her nickname Mm. is people like when you when you Google her, it says that like she went by Betty. Sometimes people called her Betty. And there's this theory that and I think we talked about last time that the whole album is really tied together. It's like one whole story, you know, maybe told from different point of views and different times. But it's basically about Rebecca. And, you know, I and some people have these really good theories. It's like a a whole chapter long on like how they tie together. I'm not going to get into it because I have a short attention <laughs> span. But you know the fact that her nickname was Betty re- and there's that song Betty. It really gives people like air to their flame that this is the theory. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Is Betty from Betty? Rebecca. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Just because to me, there's a lot of telltale signs that puts mm-hmm. the love triangle in a much later era than Rebecca's time frame. Um, and also Taylor Swift said she just named the love triangle characters after her friends. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't yeah. a direct tie to Rebecca. I did see a very detailed description of why the whole album is about Rebecca Harkness. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Taylor had a lot of time on her hands, but I don't know what the point would be in like mapping out an entire album around this when one song like really carries the punch it needs to. Mm-hmm. Well, that person but- had a lot of time on their hands to <laughs> map it out. but I mean that's the joy of Taylor Swift music is we get to sit here and force you to listen to 40 minutes of us analyzing a single song so anyone can read anything into any of these songs Mm -hmm. I just think the context clues make me kind of doubt the relationship between the two just a coincidence yeah yeah well, and because and because she doesn't say Betty came up on the train, no. you know, she point and, pointedly says Rebecca. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like her nickname is Betty. You know, when it's like I don't know, just a coincidence. That those are the two. Rebecca came up on the train, like you said, and it just I don't know. I'm I don't buy into that theory, but I do think that is an interesting theory that people have. And if you guys have any theories on our next song that we're doing, what's the next song we're doing next week? What is the fourth? I think it's Exile. Ooh, Exile. So if you guys have any theories on Exile, how that fits into the album or anything like that, or even this song or any other song, feel free to email us at swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. I love, I'm such a theory person. I love getting Mm -hmm. into these theories. So I will read them. I will think about them. If they're super long, I will try and share them. But my (laughs) attention span, you guys, is getting shorter as older I get. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) No, I feel you. And I love some wild theories, if only just to piece them together and rile up the bass. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's been fun to talk about this one. And of course, you can find us on all our social media. We're at Swiftish Podcast on Instagram and at Swiftish Pod 13 on Twitter. Um, So look out there and follow us if you want us Mm -hmm. to do some giveaways and uh, 
and, you know, share some content there. And also feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we stars. love hearing from you. We love five stars. And yeah. it's a way to let <laughs> other Swifties know that this is a podcast worth tuning into, you know. Mm-hmm. We got to spread the word. There's a couple of mad women in this house and we have opinions. So <laughs> snaps. <laughs> yeah. But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, we did have a marvelous time. Mm -hmm. Still are.